Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> oh, Texter425 says, oh my God, I love KJ so much. Please don't let him out of the building. Give him whatever he wants to just stay on the air at 710 and to help the Seahawks in any way he can. A true Seattle treasure. You know what? 425, we're trying. Well, KJ's going to be back this year for the KJ Wright Show. If you mm-hmm. missed that announcement, we did announce it, I don't know, a month or so ago. KJ will be back every Wednesday mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock during the football season. We're psyched. We're relieved, quite frankly. I'm looking forward to it. We crushed it the first year. Yes. Second year is going to be even better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a blast this past year. So really looking Give forward to it. Give me whatever I want. You heard the man. Yeah. <laughs> me what I want. Pay this man his money. He's going to hold out otherwise. Come on, I mean, Kyle we Brown. To, we have to work our way through all of that. Uh, well, that's sort of a, a good lead-in to, to, to something I wrote about last week and something I've been thinking about as we watch this time of year, KJ, and see the Stephon Diggses and the Chris Jones and all the holdouts and everybody wants to get paid around the league. I don't begrudge them that. That is the only option open to them in, in this NFL system. If it's time for you to get paid, you got to take care of yourself and your Absolutely. family. This is not a criticism of the those guys or anyone here in the past who needed to do the same thing to get paid by the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. But it does have an effect on the team. It's not necessarily your fault, but it does have a a trickle-down effect because there's only so much money, there's only so much time, there's only so much practice, there's only so much, you know, that everyone can work together. Mm -hmm. So is that, you know, as we've looked for all of the ways to try to bring back and revive the success of your era of Seahawks football, one of the things I don't know that we've talked enough about, and, and this is why I want to ask you about it, is how big of a role it played to have everybody ascending at the same time, getting better, before all of those financial pressures took over. It was everything. It was literally everything. When you have everyone at OTAs on the same page, ready to work, learning the playbook, gelling, vibing together, you go to OTAs, then you come to training camp. You have the same thing. It, all hands are on deck. There's no two or three guys sitting out waiting for their contract. There's no two or three guys saying, hey, I need my money, which, you know what I'm saying, like guys need to get their money. But we didn't have to deal with that mm-hmm. in our early years. We were all in, all together, all vibing, all moving and grooving. And so you best believe, like, when that does present itself, when guys do um, say, I'm not practicing until I get paid, I'm going to take this potentially into the season. That obviously affects the team. How? For, from a few standpoints. First of all, if you're not on the field, we're, we're not good. <laughs> like, if I don't have my guy next to me, if I don't have one of the best football players on the football field, we're not good. I don't have that voice in my head telling me what play is coming. I don't have that voice in my head, hey, KJ, let's do this. When we step on the football field, when you're out of sight, when you're not on the football field, you, you, you can't get better. And so that definitely affects you when you step onto the football field. And so... We did have to deal with that from time to time when we were, you know, towards the later years. But early, we're talking 2011, 2012, 2013, 14, there was none of that. None of that. And I do believe that, um, like, a lot of guys got mad at me when I was talking about OTAs. Mm. I still stand on that. You need to fully be at OTAs. And I ain't backing down from that. Get your butt to OTAs, come there, build a relationship with the guys, and in the midst of your own circumstance, you still have to invest in your teammates. You can look at it like, I'm trying to get mines. That's cool. Get yours and still be there for your, for your brothers at the same time. And so that's how I feel. 
And um, I'm still standing on that. No, I'm with you on that. And Brock I obviously is with you as well. This has been like one, a long-standing, unpopular Brock and Salt take. <laughs> is it, and it's one place where he and I agree. It's just like, I don't care if they're voluntary. If we're going to praise people for showing up and working the hardest and all of that, show up at the voluntary workouts. What else do you have to do? You only have to be here a few weeks a year. What else? That's my thing. <laughs> what else do you have to do? It's literally the best job on the planet, Mike. <laughs> The NFL is the best job on the planet. Where where else are you? What are you doing? Working out by yourself in Texas and Florida. Like, get your butt in the building. Let's go to work. So Every- what, what value comes from being around? It's the brotherhood. It's the chemistry. It's the vibing. It's playing football. It's practicing together. Like, all those small things carry into a football into a football season. If I got a guy that I haven't seen in, in May, April, June, and you step on the scene, I'm like, who is this guy? I got I gotta learn who you are. Even if you have known them in the past and you have to relearn it. Is that what you're saying? This people are different people every year. I gotta relearn you. I gotta re like, you got family, you got wife, kids, you know, you got this injury you coming off of. Hey bro, like there's so many things that go into a football season. That's what season two of the KJ Wright show is gonna be like. We're gonna have to relearn <laughs> each other in order to have yeah. success again. We're not gonna rest on our laurels on what we did last year. Yeah. And so by all means, it's like it's it's everything matters. Everything matters. You're talking about always compete. The the central theme of the program, let's compete at being the best. Let's compete when it's not mandatory. Mm. Like let's show up. Let's let's show out. Let's show. If everyone say they're serious about Super Bowls, serious about championships, you don't get to just go into step two. You gotta take step. You gotta take step one. And step one is the showing up on whatever date that is, April eighteenth. That's step one. Then step two is a mandatory mini camp. Step three is training camp. Step four is the season. You can't miss a beat. So does that change at all as you get older? Does that change at all as you become more of a veteran and you know some of that stuff? And that's that's the other argument that we hear is. Yeah, all right, for the kids, but hey, I'm 30 years old. I've been to eight of these. Do I need to be there this year also? Let me ask you this. You think Patrick Mahomes is at OTAs right now? I'm, I'm guessing he is. You think that Eisenhower and Rogers is at OT, was at OTAs? Well, they canceled mandatory minicamp, though. <laughs> Did you see that? They canceled minicamp in Soft. New York? Come on, Salah. What are you doing? Don't you think he just kowtowed to Rogers? Aaron's like, dude, I'm not coming, so you do whatever you want. But And he's just like, to save face, canceled it? It's, it's There's no th- way a coach wanted to cancel a chance to practice. Let it all begin. <laughs> he's taking over. It's going to be crazy, isn't it? It's, it's going to be very, very interesting. Can you imagine being in a situation like that? Like where you're, you're a defensive player in New York and all of a sudden that's your new life? Oh, that's, that's, ama- that's amazing. Is <laughs> as, as Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback? Yeah. Oh, I'm... You're so cloud nine. You don't care that it comes with all of the extra stuff that goes with it. As long as he's playing, as long as he's playing good, as long as we beat Josh Allen and Tua Tungavaloa on Sundays, yeah, you can. Uh, we can take all this media pressure that comes with it. Well, we'll see whether or not they do. That'll that'll be an interesting question whether or not they actually have enough talent to do mm-hmm. that. Speaking of talent, and I, and I want to kind of dig a little deeper into this for the Seahawks, but I was uh, we were looking at one of these hundred top one hundred lists. I told you it's list season, so there's all this stupid stuff out there. And I don't know whether I should put any more stock into this list than any other, but this one had, was the top 100 uh, players in the NFL. Seahawks had two players on the list. DK Metcalf at number 55 mm-hmm. and Tariq Woolen at number 86. That was it. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot, and those are not particularly highly rated for your top two players in the top 100 list. Is that a, is that a problem? 
Is that a real list? Is that, that's the actual list that's coming out? That, well, it's not like the big NFL uh, NFL network yeah, yeah, list. Yeah. No, this was a CBS list that they did. Yeah. No, it's not a problem. It's some some it's just some, stupid list. Yeah, some some joker on there writing about who they think their top one hundred players. Absolutely not. Okay, but the one that comes on NFL Network that one matters. Guys, <laughs> hey, but I better be on this list. We guys take that one serious. Yeah, and um, I remember when I finally made it. You know, I watch the top one hundred thing every year. Really, but this year I was I'm not watching this mess. They ride me each and every year <laughs> to hell with this list. I'm not watching this mess. Then all of a sudden, my phone started blowing up. Bobby was the first one to call me. Yeah. He was like, I see you. I'm bro, what are you talking about? He was like, bro, like you made top top 100. Oh, nice. I was like, no way. Turn on the TV. Um, I was like, okay, <laughs> let's get it. What number were you? Ah, what number was I? Justin, can you look for me? I forget what number I was. Okay. But um, just to even be on the list after 10 long years. Yeah. Plans. Finally, a little recognition. I had to. It just... wasn't your year that you were with the Raiders, was it? Absolutely not. Okay, good. No. I, was, I was concerned. Like you finally leave, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, top one hundred. No, Let's I only go. had to get ten TFLs, <laughs> ten PBUs. Um, had to switch my position from Will to Sam Backer to right. to make uh, the top one hundred. But... You think it's Bobby's fault that you didn't get because he took so much of the attention? No, I was playing, bro. I was. Playing. I'm just kidding. Oh, I thought. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to start a fight. I don't. Know. I'm just joking. No, no, no. I'm just joking. All right. Well, I want to ask you about what it means from a more of a team-wide perspective. Forgetting about what it means to the players, is it an issue that this team is not top-heavy, that they're kind of the opposite? They might be very deep, but not quite as laden with stars. We'll discuss coming up next. KJ's in the building. He's not going anywhere. I promise we're not going to let him leave. It's Brock and Salk's Ale Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, no need to know because K.J. Wright is in the building. That's what you need to know is that K.J. Wright is here, and he'll be here all hour long talking Seahawks with K.J. So as you look at this team, and we were just sort of talking through this, all right, they don't have a ton of elite players at their position. D.K. is one of the better wide receivers in the league, Mm -hmm. but when you start actually adding up the guys, he might be, you know, seven, right? I mean, like there's seven elite elite. Yeah, I mean, like guys. there might be six, seven guys that are ahead of DK on the on the wide receiver list. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not the only one, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Tariq Woolen is certainly one of the better corners, but is he the best? Okay, no, he's on the list. He's and then after that, you kind of like, there aren't a lot of elite, elite guys. But man, are there a lot of very good players. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to win a Super Bowl? Ooh, it's, you need more. Okay. You, you need more of those elite, like when a play happens, a 50-50 ball, when I need a first down, when I need a two-minute drill, when I need a stop on defense, I need to know who I'm going to go to. I need an elite player to stand up, to step up and say, this play is going to get made mm-hmm. on my terms. Okay. So you need that elite, elite performer so, so without, on that football field. Let me ask you, and, and this this might be a hard question to answer. During your time playing, and you, we found out, by the way, number 67 – you were in 2021, yeah, okay, okay. number 67 okay, on that okay. top 100 list. Were you an elite, elite player? Were you in that category of being an elite player, or would you consider yourself a very good player? I was very, very, very good. Okay, so a step below elite. Yes. Okay, yes. so I, I would tend to agree. That's how I probably would have characterized you mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. Uh, with great respect, obviously, but and and doing some things at times that were elite, at times not, you know, that right. were very good. Mm-hmm. 
Could a team of mostly KJ Wrights win a Super Bowl? Yes, sir, they can. <laughs> you be- I see him shaking his head. Yes, they Salk. I'm just that's what I'm asking. Yes, they can. Well, that's the same qu- I just asked you the same question a different way. The last time you said you needed elite players. Now you're saying a team of KJs can hey, win. Hey, you made it personal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you made it personal. <sighs> a bunch of KJs? Yes, I do. Why? But a bunch but a bunch of because I what I really but I say very, 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 very good. Okay. But a bunch of just good guys, a bunch of just, you know. No, you you need more. You need that Patrick Mahomes. You need that Tom Brady. You need that Devin Hester on. You need that guy like at a at a few guys at a different positions mm-hmm. to like really get it done. Does it matter what positions they play? Nope, doesn't matter. Mm-mm. But you got to have some elite guys. Got to have some elite guys. Got to have some elite guys. So I like, shouldn't be concerned that most of the best players on this team are wide receivers, corners, skill position guys, not up front. Oh, <laughs> you taking it there? Well, I, I mean, the, who are the best players on this team? Yeah, and when you say that, absolutely, it's the receivers, it's the quarterbacks, the DBs. Yep. And when you're talking Running about backs. And those guys are great. Again, like, I think those guys are fantastic. I think they have as good a wide receiver room as you're going to find. Yeah. They might not have the best receiver, but that combination and certainly adding Jackson Smith and Jigba into it, they're going to be good. And listen to me. And when you talk about elite, look at the two um, teams that are in the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles and and Kansas Kansas City Chiefs. Up front, they had elite offensive linemen. They had an elite Chris Jones. I got an elite Fletcher Cox. And so in order to win the Super Bowl, to take that next step, you better believe you want to get busy in those trenches. So are they a year away? Is that what I mean? Is that and I don't mean to say like we should discount this season, but is this season the 2012 Seahawks as opposed to the 13 and 14 where it's building? You can feel it coming, but there's just not quite like you guys needed Mike B. You guys needed Cliff. You needed a couple more pieces to put you over the top. They're still building. They're still building. Um, they still got to get some more pieces in free agency. It's got to spend some money right there. You got to get some more pieces pieces in the draft. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're up and coming. They're going to be in the playoffs again. But when you meet those 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 that, that big dogs like the Eagles, when you meet the Kansas City Chiefs, when you meet these teams that that are elite at a lot of positions, yeah. You need some guys. Man. Well, you and need un- some guys. Unfortunately, one of those teams is the Niners, right? You're kind of looking at them, and they've got some issues. Certainly, a quarterback. They got a lot of question marks right now. But on that same top 100 list we were looking at, they got two guys in the top 10. Both of them play on the line, right? And Trent Williams and, and, Bosa. and Bosa. I mean, you're talking about two top 10 kind of players, and they both play these premium positions I just my issue in looking at the Seahawks and I really do like everything they've done over the last years I got no quibbles at all with what they've done and and kudos to Pete and John but do they have an a a, a, are any of their best players 275 pounds plus no that that's that's where I start to get a little no and I'm I'm a big Lucas fan but he's he's coming up yeah he's coming up Charles Cross fan I'm a Charles Cross fan they're coming up, but to just say that I can just close my eyes and I know that this guy's going to handle this business, mm. they, they haven't quite gotten there. They're not there yet. They're not gotten there. And, and, and so do, how important are guys 275 plus? You just look at just – let's just talk – let's just talk about Trent Williams and Joey Bosa real okay. quick. Look at what Joey Bosa does in the game. When it comes to a run play – he is dominant. Like he can control the trenches. He can affect the game when it comes to the run game. And when it's a second and ten, second eleven plus third and nine, he is still affecting the game. 
He is still taking over with 20-plus sacks, with 15 TFLs, with batting the ball. Like, the game is right there. Like, people just look at these receivers, the Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chases, and they think that is fun and exciting. But really controlling the game when J.J. Watt won three defensive MVPs, he was in the trenches, batting down balls, getting interceptions, like – that's where the game is won right mm-hmm. there. And so that's where you got to invest. That's where you have to put your focus as a football team. If you get that solidified, that left tackle spot, I know if I need a third and two, I'm running to Trent Williams' side. He's going to get some penetration. We're going to get a first down. I know that when I'm facing a Khalil Mack, we don't got a chip on Trent Williams' side. Hey, go do your thing. We're going to let this running back go do something else. You can create your whole game plan around a phenomenal offensive lineman. So that's what it does for you. And once you hit at those two spots, you're in, you're in good shape. And that'll do more for you than a receiver that you've got a game plan for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because just think about it. Like, if it's a receiver, like, we can really, like, I can double this guy. I can, you know, I can really find a way to try to shut this guy down. But when that defensive lineman, like, run game, pass game, <laughs> if you're going to come and chip on this side, we're going to bring the house to the other side. Hey, they're going to do this. Hey, they're going to chip you. Hey, Bobby, I want you to go to this right side, Bliss's right B-gap. You should be scot-free because they're so focused on this dominant defensive man we got on this left side of the line of scrimmage. It's interesting. It's amazing how the game works and then why those guys are so hard to find and why they end up getting paid what mm-hmm. they get paid. Uh, good conversation, and and uh, I love just hearing your perspective on on what it takes to win. I like, again, I like where the Seahawks are at. I don't know whether they're all the way there yet just based on some of the guys that are going to play those key spots. But we also don't know how much they're going to grow. We don't know yet about Derek Hall. We don't know yet what Boye Mafe looks like in year two. We don't know yet about this Cameron Young or Mike Morris or some of these guys that play positions that are of unbelievable importance. (laughs) I said this last year. Find the recording if you can, Justin. (laughs) I said they're three years from a Super Bowl. Yep. I I said it. So last year was year one? This year's your two. This year's your two. Hey, I'm not a prophet or anything, (laughs) but I need to find a way to get on this Seahawks uh, payroll so I can get a Super Bowl ring. (laughs) Well, I got to ask you about that because it was nine years ago last night that you got your Super Bowl ring. Oh, yeah. I saw a picture of you. Did you see that picture that was out there last night? I did. You look very young. I saw my mustache. I was like, ugh, take this picture down. You look very young compared to right now. Fresh face. Very, very innocent, I would say. (laughs) I got to ask you about that night and a whole lot more. Coming up next, more with KJ Wright, Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports I saw last night, it was nine years ago last night that the 2013 Seahawks were honored and given their Super Bowl rings. KJ, you were there at the, at the, where were you guys? Where was all that? Where was that? Mopop? Was it at the Mopop? Mopop? That makes sense. Paul Allen and all that. Okay, so you're at the Mopop. Mm -hmm. Everybody was dressed up. I saw everybody in their suits. I asked G the other day, by the way, who the best dressed Seahawk of all time was during his time around the team. He said either Cam or Earl. He said Nate Burleson. No, actually, he said Russ. 
Russ? He said Russ followed Russ by clean. Nate Burleson. Russ was clean. Yeah. And I'm sure Nate Burleson looked clean as yeah. well. That, that was his... Uh, Russ, that, looked, Russ looked very expensive. Yes. I mean, it took it took G a lot. It was hard for him to say it. <laughs> and he definitely like had to gird his loins. But he did go with Russ. He said yeah. Russ was the best dressed. So you're all there that night. You're all wearing your suits. Everybody's excited. You bring your families with you? Everyone? We own, They were strict about it, too. They said only a plus one. Okay. So you got one person. And so I was like, do I take my girlfriend? Oh, now, wife, or do I take my dad, who's been there for me since day one? What'd you do? What do you think I did? I think you took your dad. I took my wife. Really? Yeah. Well, she wasn't your wife yet, so you were confident. Girl. Yeah, she lived. We lived together. Wow. It was like I couldn't see myself getting dressed up, putting on my suit. My dad put on his suit and yeah. we, us leaving the house. Okay, so it was you. It was you and your it was, now it was wife. Me and my wife. Okay, so she, wife. who I met by the way a couple yeah. weeks ago, delightful and absolutely delightful thank person. You, thank it was you. nice to meet her for the first time. But uh, all right, so you guys all go there that night, and there's entertainment, there's dinner, yeah. and you get your rings. What's that like? Was um, Steve Rabel was up there talking? It was just Steve, yeah. And um, the way they did it was so smooth. We had the rings on us the whole time. It was like a secret passageway, and it was like, look look underneath your table and, like, pull something. So you had to reach a little bit, pull it out, and right there the box came. Oh, my God. With the Super Bowl logo. It's a big, beautiful blue box. And then you open that thing, and it was, like, just blinding your lights. Like, this is what I've been dreaming of my entire life. So beautiful, so fun. And just looking at looking at your boys and y'all just like, man, we, not you, we, we did this. And uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful night. Um, just putting that thing on your finger, taking that picture with it. All the linebackers took a picture. Um, just celebrating, smiling, just all smiles all, all night. Well, I can imagine it's got to be just an incredible feeling. That's interesting. So you must, you have to sit in your your prescribed sp- seat, right? Because yeah, oh, yeah, your exactly. ring yeah, is yeah. in your seat. Your Assassin. plus one can't sit in your seat. <laughs> yeah. You have to sit in your seat so that when you open it, there it is. Yeah, there it is. And um, That's cool. Just looking at it. And then Usher. Usher performed okay. that night. And so we was dancing the night away. My wife's a big Usher fan. That's so too just bad a- you could have danced with your dad to Usher. That would have been great. <laughs> if you had known Usher was going to be there, that might have made the choice a little bit easier. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't know Usher was coming either. Right. It was a surprise. And so... <laughs> yeah, when you, once you get that ring, man, that's the, it's it's not even a trophy; it's the ring. Like, got, it, the ring was more than the trophy. Absolutely. Why? I don't even have the. I don't even have a trophy. That's true. You yeah, get to keep the they ring. They don't even give us a trophy. Right. I feel like they should give us a trophy and a ring. <laughs> Everyone should get a trophy. Why not? I don't know. I mean, it's not the NFL doesn't have enough money. Poor guys, they're they're going broke. <laughs> yeah, they only have couple billion. Do you like what the NHL does with the Stanley Cup where where everybody's name goes on it forever? There's one Stanley Cup, everybody's name goes on it, yeah. and everybody on the team gets one day with the Stanley Cup. Everybody who wins gets one day by themselves with the cup. I mean, they get their rings and everything yeah. else, but you also you can bring that cup wherever you want for one day. They'll bring it to you. No. Really? No. Not a fan. You wouldn't want to bring it back to Olive Branch or something like that? Like, that wouldn't be cool? Nope. Just give me my own trophy that I could keep for the rest of my life. What am I going to do with 24 hours? Justin, what are they going to do with 24 hours? I don't know. I would I would think I would take it back to all my coaches for one day. Like, hey, everybody that helped me get to this moment, you get to share it with me for this one day. It's like a, it's like a wedding reception. You only can do that once. <laughs> Nah, just <laughs> I, I, I would love a Lombardi a Lombardi trophy at my house. At your house, yeah. I'm still thinking about this. So, if you had known Usher was going to be there, 
On one hand, yes, you're going to dance with your you know, girlfriend, soon-to-be wife all night. On the other hand, there's a decent chance your wife is now comparing you to Usher, who she's now seen in person. <laughs> my my wife? Can't, you can't win that. She's the biggest Usher fan on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> she's been begging me for the past two years to take her to Vegas. Like, let's go to Vegas. Usher has a res- residency uh-huh. there. Take me to Vegas. Let's go to Vegas. I'm like, yeah, we get to it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you're not going to do that. I, I'm Once try. was enough. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, just checking. Yeah. yeah. My but, wife um, feels like that about this guy who does Neil Diamond covers. His name is Super Diamond. And uh-huh. she's like in love with this guy. Like, And she always wants to go see Super Diamond. Now, thankfully, it's a lot cheaper to get to than, a, than an Usher show. Uh-huh. But like, she's always like, oh, let's go see the surreal Neil. And she like knows much more about him than I'm comfortable with. So, You, you go take her? I've taken her once. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's better to go with her than have her go by herself. I mean, at least Absolutely. then I'm there to kind of monitor the situation. So yeah. that's crazy. It was nine years ago uh, that all of that happened. Um, and, and yeah, you just look at the rest of that offseason, like just leading, leading up to that. We went to the White House that year. Yeah. Met President Barack Obama. What was that like? First, I'm a history nerd. Okay. I love history. So it was always my dream to go visit the White House. Yeah. And literally, man, just looking at the president of the United States. I'm in, I'm in this dude's presence. I'm sitting in the White House, and he literally, what I love most about him was he literally looked at each and every one of us, and he took his time with all 53 players, shook our hands, like, nice to meet you, welcome to the White House. Like, he he made you feel like the, the most important person on the planet. Hmm. So that was really cool. Obviously, the parade and just um, all the stuff that comes with winning the Super Bowl, man. It's like that offseason – you're you're a superstar. You're yeah. a superstar that off season. Well, and it's got to be hard to rein it back in. You were saying earlier, you know, it doesn't start at step two. It starts at step one, and then step two, and step three, and all of those cookies or crumbs mm-hmm. eventually lead to the cookie at the end of the year. Which you know, you guys found a way to do. I mean, you you, you came back the next year. It seemed like you were on the same mission. Yeah, yeah, and and we didn't. And the thing with with our off season, we didn't lose too many people. We lost. Golden, we lost Big Red. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose. We didn't lose too many people, so we had all the guys coming back. You talking about how you got to capture these Super Bowls? Yeah, you got to capture these Super Bowls while guys are young, necessarily not leaving for big time contracts. You got to capture this moment really soon. We captured ours early, and so um, yeah, you best believe we came back. Like, hey, one is good, but I kid you not. Once we won that Super Bowl, we got on that plane and that bus, and we was like. Fellas, we gotta go get it. We gotta go do it again. <laughs> of course. Like one isn't one wasn't good enough, and our mentality going into that football season was, we know that teams are going to be looking at us like we gotta knock off the Seahawks. If we're going to be any team, it gotta be the Seattle Seahawks that we gotta beat this year. Mm. And so when we stepped on that football field, like we were challenged. You better believe we were challenged. Teams was going at us. Teams were looking at us like we envy. This team over there, we envy yeah. stepping into CenturyLink and having to fight with these dudes all sixty minutes. And so it was a battle that following year, and um, yeah, twelve and four. That's just, that's it was that's, a great year. That's really good. No, it was, and 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 there was a pretty dominant twelve and four. I mean, it, you know, it, it, there are twelve and four seasons, and there are twelve and four seasons. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. And and just because of how dominant that defense was. It it felt different, and and that was the year that Russ, I feel feel like, started to come into his own. Also, I mean, 2013 he was good, and he made some big plays. But in 2014, I felt like he started to really become 
a star quarterback. He took if off. That makes sense. He took off. Yeah, he was confident. Got got you a Super Bowl. Um, familiar with the offense. You know, you're happy. You know, I do feel like year four, Russ definitely took off. It was and a year got, that, that yeah. the whole read option thing was, I feel like, the most successful. He and Marshawn were at the top of their game. There's no doubt. 509 says, KJ, don't let Salk talk about Usher. This fool Salk said he doesn't like slow jams. It's shameful. That's true. I'm not a slow jams guy. How is that possible? I don't like slow jams. I don't know what to tell you. I like a lot of different types of music. Do you I, like Adele? Not really. I saw Adele. She was okay. You, and you don't like Usher? Not really. I, I respect Usher and Adele, but so, I, so like, me, I would never turn it on. So you like a Kenny Chesney? No. God, no. No. no <laughs> there's no country music in my life. want to spend a couple hours going down a rabbit hole in a band right. named Rush, this is your guy. Yeah. If you're interested Have in prog rock from Rush? the 70s never and 80s. Never heard of them. Never even heard of them. That's, yeah. yeah. That's okay, a different so, You're not missing Listen, this you'll, you'll be fine. This summer, we're going to the Kenny Chesney concert. No, we're not. It is a good time. Really not. I'm a black guy from Mississippi. If I can go to a Kenny Chesney concert... You can come with me. I think there's more black guys from Mississippi who like country music than white guys from Boston who like country music. (laughs) I got to tell you. I didn't know there was country. I didn't know it existed until I went to college. I'd never heard of a country music radio station. Okay, did you just go to this last big country show that was here at Lumen a couple nights back? I was out of town. I saw it. George Strait. George Strait, Little Big Town, Chris Stapleton. I figured you might go to that. Chris Stapleton was there? Yeah. (laughs) See? Hands down. Listen to me. That's the guy saying the national anthem at the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, he did. Hands down. That is the best national anthem I have ever heard wow. in my life. Chris Stapleton, this past Super Bowl, he topped Whitney Houston at this Super Bowl. Whoa, that's what like, he got on that guitar. His man, that man's voice Houston, is though? smooth. Yes, come on, yes. Whitney? Chris ah, Stapleton beat him. Let's, you're let's, forgetting how good Whitney Houston really was with the Iraq War starting and everything else. Well, I just watched the Whitney Whitney movie. Okay. And yeah, it was good, but she got <laughs> she got passed, man. She got passed. Wow. That's the best. That's the best. Nothing. I don't ever. know that I was. Uh, ex- you know what? I gotta say, that's the most surprising thing that's happened today. That you would go Chris Stapleton over Whitney Houston. I'm so. sure that was a good concert. So you said three uh, three year. It's a three year plan. Three years to win a Super Bowl. So last year was year one. Unbelievable draft. This coming year, what appears to be another great draft. I don't want to crown them just yet because we haven't actually seen them play or even put on pads. Mm-hmm. But pretty happy with what the Seahawks did in the draft, right? I love it. I love it. You just start with the first two picks. Look at Witherspoon. and He's a guy that I'm looking. They're going to get creative with this young man. They're going to get creative with him. They're going to put him at Nicholson. He's obviously going to be at corner, blitzing him off the edge, him matching up against Cooper Cup. You essentially, he can travel where your best guy is. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, this is um, we facing Stephon Diggs. If you go in the slot, you got him. If he goes on the outside, you got him. Cooper Cup, you match up against this guy as he grows and develops. You know, he's a rookie. Sure. He's going to have some learning. But as he grows and develops, he's going to be the guy. Then you look at Njigba, just throw it his way. Throw it his way. <laughs> the man has he's glue. He's always open. He has glue for hands. And he's not even, is he always open or is he just always Going to catch the ball. When I you watched throw it a to lot him. of Ohio State games over the last few years just because of G's kid. And so I tune it on to watch. And every time I watch him, I'm like, man, this guy's good. He's yeah. always wide open. And if he's not wide open, he still makes the catch. Yeah. He's awesome. And so he's the future. He's going to be the guy, you know, got heads on his shoulders, good family. Like, this dude is going to be the guy that's next eight years. He's mm-hmm. going to be 
number 11 for the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to be the one. We're talking about the next Doug, the next, I'm not going to say Steve Larger, but, you know, one of those guys, the next great Seahawks receiver. Yeah. This is going to be him. Yeah, I, I, I really love him. And then just hearing from G about it, and I got a chance to meet his dad and talk to his family a little bit. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. He, he's a pretty impressive dude, and he is uh, he's really, really talented. So, okay. So you end up with this, with this uh, you know, another class that sure seems to have a lot of these building blocks in it. And, and let's take it a next what's the what's the last thing like how do you get it over the top and turn yourself into that super bowl team next year next year free agency we'll see who's up for free agents we and you got to hit you got to get aggressive you see teams they start getting aggressive in free agency they make a they make a blockbuster they not a blockbuster trade but they make a smart trade to come on this football team like this is a piece that could really get us over the hump all right so let me ask you this we were talking we debated this last week brock threw this out there aaron donald's unhappy right now in in la for whatever reason, they, they don't seem to be on the same page. They're probably not going to win this year. He only has a few years left, right, at his dominant level. Would you deal for and pay Aaron Donald, even if you had to, you know, give up a fair amount and or cut people to make room? Aaron Donald, no. Aaron, is he the most dominant player of this generation? Absolutely. When I look at Aaron Donald, I feel like I'm hearing, you know, do I want to keep playing? Is he still motivated? He got his Super Bowl, got his money. I don't know if he'll come to this football team and still be motivated to be that guy that we saw all those years. Okay. So I'm personally not willing to take that risk when it comes to him, where he is at this point in his career. You asked me that before he got his Super Bowl, by all means, yeah. come, come on, we'll give up the house for you. So I would definitely make that move to get a player of his caliber. But um, right now, I don't know about the motivation that he is when it comes so to So that's it. interesting. So when you start thinking about about who to, who who gets you over the top, having won a Super Bowl plays a, a factor in that? No, just him. Oh, okay. just I, him. I, just, I just know just him. him. Like he, I think the last two years, he was the, we heard retirement mm-hmm. rumors in the air. And so, um, no, Super Bowl, that doesn't decide whether I'm going to bring this guy in. But you got to look at things from the top down. Everything you gotta learn everything about this player. How motivated is he? How bad does he want to win championships? Is he great in the locker room? Will he fit in this scheme? You gotta look at everything when they say I'm gonna make this trade to bring this guy on our football team. I was talking to um, Luke Wilson yesterday. Luke Wilson came on our show. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. on the on the YouTube show. And we were talking about when Jimmy Graham came here. Mm-hmm. You like when you look at that trade, we'll run first team. We're going to get the ball to Marshawn. If we run an 18 force to Jimmy Graham's side, he's going to get destroyed. We can't run an 18 force to the, one of the best tight ends in the NFL's history. We can't run it to his side. And so when you talk about bringing a guy in and it messes up the chemistry, the dynamic, our identity on offense or defense, certain moves like, you know, that that was that's really it gotta make sense. Right. It gotta make sense. Yeah, it's funny, we've had a lot of those conversations about the Jimmy Graham trade before and just sort of changing the identity of the team and some of the problems that maybe came with it. But if you wanna become a Super Bowl team, they're a good team right now. They don't appear to be at the Eagles level. They don't appear to be at the level of some of the teams in the AFC where, you know, they got great quarterbacks, et cetera. Do they have the quarterback or are you going to find out this year if they have the quarterback to take them to the Super Bowl? We're going to find out this year. Yeah. You you got a year under your belt. Got a beautiful contract. You got the receivers. I believe you have a solid offensive line. You got a running back that's going to give you a thousand yards. You got a play caller that you're familiar with. Like it's all it's all there. Hey, it's the writings on the wall. The writings on the wall, and it's like it's a matter. It's a matter of can I go out there? Was it nine wins last year? Can I go out there and really compete for this division? 
really go own this NFC West? Can I go out there and get past the wild card? Can I take another step, get to the division round? Potentially NFC Championship, like it's it's all like this is your football team. This mm-hmm. is no one else. It's Drew Locke. No one's thinking about Drew Locke anymore. No one's even. We're not going to even talk about Russell Wilson this year. It is all Geno Smith. Let's see what you do this football season. I mean, all that's true, except we're probably still going to talk about Russell Wilson this year. Like yeah. we can't help we, it. We can't, yeah, we we can't help to. it. Let's not lie to, to the people. We to. We're still probably going to talk at least a little bit about Russ. We were asking the other day, <laughs> Brock, poor Brock, got G's head spinning, asking him whether he was going to still be rooting against Russ this year, or whether or not bygones are bygones. Now that the uh, now that the the Denver pick is no longer in play, it was very entertaining. Poor G's head is spinning around like a top, trying to figure out how to answer that question. And the question is does 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 Russ Russ finish the season all 17 games as a starting quarterback yeah I thought it was very disrespectful to say <laughs> that he won't finish as the starting quarterback he's going to get benched what, what, are you, what are we talking about Salt going to get benched You're talking about Sean Payton being the like he doesn't have any of those ties to Russ he's in charge he wants it done his way is Russ going to do it his way his way Sean Payton's way Russ gonna he's gonna buy in. He is. He's gonna buy in. I don't know if Russ is gonna buy in to. I don't know if Russ is gonna be capable of buying in to. If he wants to look like Drew Brees, that's not happening. That's not happening. But he's definitely gonna buy into what he says, the style of offense. Yeah, he's. Gonna but then the question that. is, does Sean Payton want another Drew Brees style quarterback? And if he does, and Russ isn't that, coaches are stubborn, man. Hey, listen, coaches are stubborn once they got their philosophy, once they got how they're going to do things. Like, this is all I know. This is what got me my Super Bowl. This is my football team. We're going to do it this way or the highway. That's the coaches are wired that way. So you man. hear you put all that together. It's not like out of the realm of possibility that Russ at some point runs afoul of of what Sean Payton wants to do if they're not in the same direction. I'm not saying he's going to get benched. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. going to take that. To me, that's kind of a that's a lot. But I don't discount the possibility at all. I think it's more likely that he gets hurt. He's just getting older, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, Jared Stidham comes in and if he plays well, maybe he keeps the job a little longer than you might want. But I, I and it's hard for me to say Russ is going to get benched, but it's not possible. He's not getting benched. I, I, I cannot see this man getting benched. One of the best quarterbacks in this, that, that football that we've we seen in Seahawks year. history. We watched him last year and he did not look like even the same human being. It was ugly. I know. It like was, I can't discount terrifying. that just because I also watched eight or nine years of greatness. So are we going to say that we're going to see the same player again this year? You don't think that he looked at himself and was like, this was embarrassing. This cannot happen again. You don't think that he has something in his body that's saying that I will get better? I do. And and obviously he's ta- he's started that process by losing, losing about 25 weight. pounds, getting himself in shape. He Got surgery? looks better. He looks significantly better. And he's been quiet. I think Sean Payton had an effect on that. Like, hey, man, stay off social media. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear about Wendy the Wendy lady. Like, just keep your (laughs) mouth quiet. Don't say anything. And we'll see what happens when we get to training camp. So I I think that he's already made some positive changes, which is why I'm not telling you he's going to get benched. But when when the rubber hits the road, when, 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 you know, whatever cliche you want to throw at it, Russ is Russ and Sean Payton is Sean Payton. And both of both people, if there is controversy or there is trouble, 
people tend to run back, as you just said, to what got them to where they are. And my question to you is, do you think that Russell knows that if I don't get it right this year, that this could potentially be my last year in the Denver Broncos uniform? Do you think that he knows that, that I got to get it right this year? There is no next year. I think he does. I would assume his agent does, but I don't know. I never know what Mark Rogers is up to, so <laughs> it's sort of hard to say. Yeah, I, I think he yeah. probably does. Yeah. So let me bring you back then to Seattle. I'm sorry about the Russ uh, uh, diversion. I just couldn't help it. Um, Gino, you're right, has everything kind of in front of him and and, and at, at his disposal now for this year. I watched him at uh, minicamp. He looked different. He really did. He looked like a different player than he did at minicamp last year. He looked in command. And that's that's a huge step forward from where they were a year ago. Yes, he does look different. I'm glad you brought that up. I saw he's wearing a visor. Oh, true. Why is he wearing a visor? Was he not a visor guy last year? No. Really? No. Huh. So he's now going to the visor. Maybe he got poked in the May- eye. Maybe he was just trying to look cool for practice. Dark visor or clear Y'all visor? Y'all didn't see that visor he had? Like it was the like, Marshawn visor? It was like a weird visor. Huh. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of quarterbacks and visors. Huh. Especially on game day. But then you can't see their eyes. Isn't that a good thing? Say what? Don't you want to be, as a defensive player, don't you want to be able to see the quarterback's eyes? No, no. I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of if I'm a coach. Yeah. I don't want my quarterback wearing a visor. Why? Cuz you can't see, you, <laughs> you can't, can't see? see. Like if someone if you get tackled, listen, I wore a visor for a majority of my career. Yeah. I took it off. When I kid you not, when I took it off, I was seeing like cuz when you make a tackle and sweat comes on the visor, yeah. you got to wipe your sweat off. It's right. sometimes foggy. It's like when you go skiing. Like it's just constantly yes. annoying. It's something in it's something in there. Right. And so maybe he's just doing that for practice. But if he try to come there on game day, <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Really? I don't who who wears a visor as a quarterback? Cam Newton wore one. Yeah. I think Baker Mayfield did too for a minute, didn't he? B- Baker. <laughs> come on. Name all the quarterbacks. There's number one championships that wore visors. I don't know that I noticed that. Does Kyler Murray wear a visor? Maybe. Yeah. Go look at any quarterback that's ever won a Super Bowl. None of them have worn visors. None of them wear a visor. Zero. Wow. I'll give you $100 if you you can find me one. I I didn't even know that. I honestly didn't notice that there were quarterbacks who wear a visor. Didn't Mike Vick wear wear visors? No championships. championships. Yeah. Yeah. What's the advantage to wearing a visor? You look cool. (laughs) That's it? So you're telling me you wore a visor for all those years just because you thought it made you look cool? Yes. Why That's, didn't you bring back the Brian Cox thing with that? That, that doesn't look that cool. straight up neck thing that, <laughs> that he had. That doesn't look cool. You're wrong. That Lamar, neck thing is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Cam Come Newton, on now. Come Baker, on now. He won an MVP though. That was pretty good. Uh, people saying Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl with a visor. I mean, That's the Bears quarterback. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. He didn't like win a Super Bowl. He was kind <laughs> of carried. He to gave a him Super six Bowl. points. He gave him six points of game. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't like play a huge, huge role in those Super Bowls. But so. but to go back, sorry to get off track. Yeah, to, to go quickly back here before um, we gotta go. Taking command. Yeah, this is my football team. Being confident, having the fans on your side. I remember last training camp. Every time Drew Lock completed a pass, the fans were cheering. Drew, you're our guy. This training camp, it's, it should be mm. packed house. Fans cheering for Geno. Like, you really have all the full support. They should chant your name even more um, on game day when, when you get a big-time win. And so everything's in, in his going his way. Just a matter of hitting the reset button. Yeah. You did it once. Go do it Whoop, again. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. Go, go do it again. It's a new season, a new year, a new regime. We, we you know— 
10 plus wins, it, it got to get done. Will you bring that Super Bowl ring in here sometime this year? I'll bring it whenever you want me to. All right. One th- just one day. I just want to see it one day. I think I've seen them, but I'd like to kind of feel it. I, just how heavy they are. And Hey, we can do the 24-hour thing. I'll give it to you for a day. Yeah, no, yeah, do not hours. do that. I don't want any part of it. I am not taking it. Man, I, when I worked, when I was trying to break into this business, I worked as a valet for a while parking cars. Yeah. And there was this guy who would occasionally come in on Friday nights with his two Lambos. And I, I would not. I wouldn't even get into it. I, I don't want the responsibility. I don't yeah. want to drive it. I don't want to touch it. I put cones around it, and I was like, "Take your keys, sir." I don't want to even be near this thing. Like, no way. It's, I would never want that kind of responsibility. It's insured. It's insured. I don't care. I just don't, I don't want that it. on my conscience. I don't. I don't have that kind of respect for myself. <laughs> KJ, great stuff as always. Thanks for uh, coming in today. And KJ will be back this year, full time for the KJ Wright Show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back. Shannon Dre are going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710, salesports.com.